Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Don Chapine. In the final week of the season for most leagues, I'm going to hop around the Week 17 rankings to change things up some, especially with how much COVID absences have impacted things. So rather than going game by game, I'll hit various players at each position. And remember, you can find updated rankings at wolfsports.com. First of all, I have Jalen Hurst in the top five. He had 28 fantasy points in the first matchup versus Washington, and I'm surprised to see most have him ranked as a low-end QB1 for this week. Things are not going well for Washington on either side of the ball. So I have Hurts ranked as a QB5, which is where he ranks on the season among fantasy quarterbacks. Moving down the QB1 ranks, if Trey Lance starts, I have him as a top eight play versus Houston. While the Texans have played hard, their run defense remains a major concern. And in Lance's first career start, he rushed 16 times for 89 yards. I think we at Wolf Sports were one of the only sites to not buy in on the hype of Lance and Fields as redraft assets this year. But for anyone that's stashed Lance in particular for this matchup, he has major upside and several weeks of adjusting to NFL competition and practice could have him more ready to thrive as a passer as well. I would actually start Lance over Justin Herbert this week. Herbert actually has 14 interceptions on the season. He has four and three career matchups versus Denver, who he's one and two against. And with Los Angeles not having Mike Williams again, the firepower on the offense definitely takes a hit. In the first matchup this season, the Broncos won 28-13. I think the Chargers will fare better in the rematch. But really, the main concern here is not having Williams, so Denver will be able to focus on stopping Keenan Allen. And I have Herbert as my QB9 rather than a high-end option that he's been in recent weeks. Also in the top 10, downgraded compared to the consensus, Matthew Stafford. I have him as a QB10, and most have him as a borderline top 5 option. The Ravens are extremely banged up right now, but this is about simply not having too much trust in Stafford. He again played very poorly last week, and Sean McVay I think will stick to the running game with Sony Michelle, with Cam Akers also mixing in. So the upside is high for Stafford, and he does remain in the QB1 ranks, but I'm personally not sure I'd want to trust him in the fantasy championship, so I'd rather play the dual threats like Hurts, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Trey Lance over him. And then moving back in the rankings, I have Tua Tagovailoa as QB18 and Ryan Tannehill as a QB19 in a matchup between two very aggressive defenses. Tannehill is always a threat to produce with his legs, but I'm worried about the matchup versus a stingy Miami secondary. And although the numbers haven't been there for Julio Jones, him potentially being out could make things difficult on the entire Tennessee offense. For Tua, I'm sure the Dolphins will want to have a conservative approach on offense. So this feels like a 2017 type game to me. To unlock the potential, we probably need to see Mike Isicki and Devontae Parker more involved along with Jalen Waddle. But I'd view both guys as more of mid-to-low QB2 options for this week. And again, you can find our full rankings at wolfsports.com. Moving on to the running backs, I have Ronald Jones as the RB7 for Week 17. The Jets have been destroyed by opposing running backs. James Robinson didn't get a chance last week with the torn Achilles. But Dore Ogunbowale had 14.2 fantasy points off the bench. And New York continues to allow the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. It'll be interesting to see if Le'Veon Bill gets more involved for another game the Bucks should handle, but Jones is pretty much a must-start. Sony Michelle, as the RB10 for this week, is also close to a must-start. He's taking on a Baltimore defense that continues to be hit by COVID issues. Hopefully, the return of Cam Akers doesn't scare people away because there's no reason to view Michelle as anything less than an RB1. Since taking over as a starter, Michelle has touch totals of 27, 20, 20, and 28 over the past four weeks, and he's averaging 105.8 rushing yards per game and 4.8 yards per carry. So the Rams, ahead of a matchup that I thought might be an issue for them, has certainly become a tougher team by featuring Michelle, and that will remain the formula for the final two games and the postseason. 
That's the RB13, assuming he plays Elijah Mitchell versus Houston. As stated, the Texans are not very good against the run. They're allowing the second most rushing yards per game in the league, and their 25 rushing touchdowns allowed are only surpassed by the Jets at 27. So especially with Trey Lance under center, potentially, I'd expect Mitchell, if he's back, to be fed, and he'll return with the dream spot that puts him right back in the RB1, RB2 ranks. Moving down, RB22 for the week, Jordan Howard. Like Mitchell, he's also questionable. He has a stinger, which he notably has a history with. He had a similar injury that knocked him out for several weeks before, but Miles Sanders is out with his hand injury, so Howard should be featured as Philadelphia continues to ride the running game to the postseason. Maybe Washington's issues last week will lead to them coming out fired up, but I think it's just as likely they fall apart at 6-9 and nine and basically out of the playoff race. So look for Howard to be a pounder between the tackles, and Boston Scott is also worth a start on the flex radar with obvious increased upside if Howard were to also be out. For a player to be lower on for this week, Saquon Barkley at the RB26. New York sits at 4-11, and and the offense looks completely lost, so it's really difficult to trust Saquon. We know the talent is there for him to break a big play, but on the road against Chicago, despite Rashad Penny going off against him last week, I'm not optimistic about Barkley, and it's probably going to take an overhaul of the offensive line, aside from left tackle Andrew Thomas, for things to look brighter in 2022. So for this week, Fantasy Championships Online, I have him outside the top 25 at running back. And then finally, jumping below the top 40, I have all three Miami running backs, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Miles Gaskin as the RB41, RB42, and RB43, respectively. For one, they're basically a full-blown committee right now. So against the Tennessee front, that should have a significant advantage against Miami. I'd probably be avoiding all three guys in lineups. For the wide receivers, Antonio Brown clocks in at the wide receiver 7. AB had 15 targets in his return to the lineup last week, and in four of six appearances, he's gone over 15 fantasy points this season. It's unfortunate that he missed a chunk of the year, but Brown is a no-doubt wide receiver one for the fantasy championship. At wide receiver 16, Amon Ross St. Brown. I forget the exact stat. I think it might be eight receptions in four straight games for a rookie. He's the only one, along with Odo Beckham Jr., to accomplish a feat. He'll get Jared Goff back in the lineup this week to boost his floor and ceiling. And it's crazy that the rookie is ranked ahead of DK Metcalf. Amari Cooper and others. He's a good example this year, along with Elijah Moore, who is now injured, of betting on talent and holding on to it. That's part of the reason I was so high on Trey Sermon all season. I still believe in the talent. Maybe next week we'll have a more dynasty-centric episode with many not playing in Week 18 for redraft leagues. But St. Browns took advantage of the opportunities down the stretch, and he's a borderline top 15 option this week. Down to the wide receiver 25, Terry McLaurin. It's tough to bench him based on the talent. But Darius Slay is in an easy matchup, and as stated, Washington's offense and team in general aren't in a good spot right now. So if you happen to be stacked at wide receiver, maybe you were fortunate enough to pick up St. Brown, for example, then you can probably consider benching McLaurin for someone in a better matchup. One player I have currently ranked a couple of spots behind, but I don't think it'd all be crazy to start him over McLaurin or some other stable options is Isaiah McKenzie versus the Falcons. He's basically had two career games when he's been featured on offense last season in the season finale when he had three total touchdowns, two receiving, and one on a punt return. And last week against New England when he had 11 receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Cole Beasley's out again, so even if Gabriel Davis is back from the COVID list, I think you could keep rolling with McKenzie, especially when you have one of the top quarterbacks in the league and Josh Allen throwing passes. And then finishing off with a couple of upside targets outside the top 40, Rashad Perriman, also off the COVID list, he'll take on the Jets and projects to be the number two wideout for Tom Brady. And for the Chargers, Jalen Guyton didn't play last week, 
but he's the one that takes the Mike Williams role in the offense. So like Perriman, he's a decent upside flyer for those in need of a flex option or cheap DFS upside flyer. Now very quickly through the tight ends, I'll just name three of them similar to thumbs up, except I'll also have a basically a thumbs down. Rob Gronkowski, I have as a tight end too. Very high on the Buccaneers offense versus the Jets this week. New York has looked lost in coverage at times, so hopefully Gronk is a matchup that Tom Brady will be able to exploit. Then jumping down to the tight end 13, I have Kyle Pitts at Buffalo. This is all about the matchup. I'm sure Sean McDermott's defense will be focused on taking away the rookie, and he still sits at one touchdown for the season, so you might want to start Pitts based on the talent. He's nearing a 1,000-yard season, but definitely a lower floor this week. And there are a bunch of flyers you could go with at the position. One of the best in Week 17, Tyler Higby at the Ravens. Baltimore has had issues defending tight ends all season, and I think we could see Higby pop open for maybe a short touchdown. So I have Higby as the tight end 16 right now, but I might end up moving him up. And as always, you can find our fully updated rankings at wolfsports.com. And that will conclude this episode. Next week, I'll be back with a DFS-focused and Dynasty-focused episode to conclude the season. But until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin, and this was the Fantasy Consiglary Podcast.